Welcome to Check the Kick Podcast. I'm the host, Devin, and I'm really happy you guys are here. I've got really big plans for this network. I'll be covering fight predictions, betting odds, MMA pop culture, fight recaps, and anything in between. If you came here from listening to my previous content on the last MMA media outlet I was on, I really appreciate it. If you're new here and listening for your first time, don't worry, it's my first time too, and I'm happy you're here as well. So let's get to business. It is Thursday night here on the West Coast. I am in Washington. So this is pretty late for me, but you'll catch me recording at these times. So I can at least have something for you guys to listen to on Friday or over the weekend, right before that card starts on Saturday. So I'd like to go over the UFC 259 fallout. So after this win, would you consider Israel Adesanya to maybe not be as good as everybody thought he has and kind of exposed? Or is Jan Blahovich really that good of a fighter? And for me, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think I, in my previous podcast that I did, I, I broke down the fight and I did pick Jan Blahovich to win. I felt like Israel Adesanya doesn't really like to get hit by big power. I mean, nobody does, but I really feel like that's something that he fears. Um, in the Yoel Romero fight, he said he was going to drop you all like the Twin Towers. He took a really big overhand left and then decided to fight a safer fight. And nothing wrong with that. He, re- you know, he kept his belt and, you know, lived to fight another fight. I knew with Jan Blachowicz's skill set, being a bigger guy, I really, really thought his striking would be at least up to par with Israel and he could maybe hurt him and strategically beat him. I was really surprised to see him beat Israel almost everywhere. Um, Pretty biased commentary. I turned it off halfway through the second round so I could, you know, just listen to it without the volume and give him my own thought. Um, I'll give you guys some numbers from those fights. Um, Jan did outland Izzy. 107 to 78 in significant strikes. That included 85 of those at range compared to Izzy 77 at range. So those are distant strikes. Um, He also officially outlanded Izzy 107 significant strikes to 78. And he essentially outstruck him in every round that it was on the feet and when it was on the mat, it was, I mean, you guys saw what happened. If you're listening to this, I assume that you watched UFC 259. Izzy was kind of a fish out of water. Um, I read somewhere that he probably shouldn't have been training Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I kind of agree with that. Um, I think maybe with a guy with his stand-up skill set, he might want to do some more folk-style wrestling, some American wrestling something where he can just, you know, work on scrambling and getting back to his feet. There's there's no reason why he should be willing to be an active guard player off his back. Yes, I, you know, I understand you want to have a well-rounded game, but his striking accolades are so high and he's so far along, he's already a champion. Why start, you know, why start trying to do something new now? That's kind of where I'm at with that. 
Um, but once he was on his back, he really had nothing for Jan. Jan was able to, you know, get to side mount easy, control him, control him, apply pressure, hit some ground and pound here and there. At the end of the fifth round, he got him a full mount. And if there was another two minutes in that round or even a minute, who knows what would have happened. Um, Izzy liked to throw a lot of feints. That was something that the commentary was really, you know, they really cared about. They said Jan was biting on every feint, but I feel like Joe Rogan bit on the feints more. He, he, I don't, I don't really understand why he thought Israel was being so successful. Izzy was throwing leg kicks. Um, a lot of his kicks got checked. Um, Jan Blahovich, you saw at the end of the fight, he did have an ice pack on his leg and he had it wrapped up in an ace wrap. And I, that was from checking all the kicks. Um, Jan also landed a lot of kicks. He was landing a lot of body kicks. He was landing his jab. Jan Blahovich landed the better shots. Um, after the fight, Jan was pretty tired. He was huffing and puffing. He's a big dude. He hadn't fought five rounds in a really long time. Um, but you could tell his face, he wasn't marked up at all. Um, Izzy looked a little lumped up, but he didn't take too much damage either. I'm sure within, if they both wanted to fight in eight weeks, they'd be medically cleared to do so, and I'm sure they could. Um, Jan Blahovich already said he's taking a break. He's got his newborn son. He wants to wait like six months, and then he wants to fight Glover, which I, I, I highly com I commend that. I really think that's what he needs to be doing. Um, um, I think the best thing for the fighters in both of those divisions is Jan winning and keeping the belt like he did and Israel losing because then they can go back to their respective divisions and, you know, guys like Glover at 42 years old can finally get his, you know, get another title shot. I, as for Izzy, I don't really know um, what he does next. He kind of cleared out the division, but not really. There's dudes like Kevin Holland that are coming up. Um, Kevin Holland could fuck around and beat Brunson and then, you know, talk his way into a title fight. I think um, Jan Blahovich really exposed Izzy, not only in the striking. Um, I, I think he really exposed his grappling. Um, in the striking, I can break that down and tell you guys what I saw where I feel like Jan could have capitalized a little more. But as far as grappling, like if you look at the third round of the Marvin Vittori fight, if Marvin Vittori can come out there in a five-round fight and wrestle for three rounds and do enough in the striking and be competent enough to not get finished and get to the grappling, I think that's a clear route to victory. Um Izzy kind of got a little bit exposed there. Marvin Vittori is a big dude. I think he probably has the best chance to beat Israel Adesanya. Robert Whitaker has a really great skill set, but I just think he's too fragile of a fighter. Um, I think he's been in a lot of wars. Vittori's been in wars as well, but I think Vittori is just a little bit more of a durable guy. Um, so I think durability and the ability to grapple is what really, you know, can help you win a fight against Izzy. Um, as far as the striking for Jan Blahovich, there was times where he would, you know, he would be throwing a combo and I understand he's playing it safe. He doesn't want to get knocked out like he did against Thiago Santos, but that's, Izzy did not want to engage in the pocket with him. Anytime they got into the pocket and there was an, there was a clinching moment, you know, in between that striking range, Izzy was trying to break and go back to distance. And I think Jan Blahovich was pushing forward and and allowing 
and then stopping, he would throw a solid combination, land a clean one-two on Israel, and then he would stop and allow Izzy to reset. I think there was moments where he could have kept pressuring, 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 grinding on the cage, and then and then if Izzy can break free, allow him to reset. Um, I think he could have even more success in the striking. Um, a problem that Izzy was having is he likes to lean back, and that's how he likes to dodge strikes and kicks. I think that was opening him up to the grappling because those two, I mean, Jan Blachowicz was just able to run him down like a linebacker. It was the, the takedowns were easy, and they were there. And once he got down, Izzy went to a hip at one point, but that was the most he could do. He threw up a, he started to throw up like a triangle, and that didn't work out well for him either. Um, but kudos to Jan. Um, great win, great guy. Nobody really deserves it more than him. He has, you know, started at the bottom, came from KSW. He's 38 years old. He's a nice guy um, coming from Poland. Poland needs another champ. Izzy's already a big star. Izzy's already a champ. He's not losing anything. Yeah, he lost the fight, but there's always the fact that he went up in weight class and the, you know, 15, 20 pound differential. That's always something he can lean on. And he's not, he doesn't take losses badly. So I don't think it's going to really affect him that much. Um, and we, we definitely got to talk about the Aljamain Sterling Petrion fight and then the aftermath. Um, I picked Aljamain Sterling and after midway through the second round, especially after he got dropped there in the first, I knew he wasn't going to win this fight. Um, even though he did win the fight um, by disqualification, um, I don't think he wins a rematch. I don't think it's a good fight for him anymore. I think um, he definitely got exposed. He's doesn't have good takedowns. He likes to go for body lock takedowns, and he likes to get you up against the cage, make you make a mistake, and then try to take your back. Um, but he doesn't have that crafty single leg where he can cut the angle. Um, he doesn't have crafty trips. He really struggled. He was like one for 17 on takedowns against Petrion. Um, and then Jan was easily getting tons of trips on him, stuff like that. I don't think it's a good fight for Aljamain. I think he's going to lose. He's probably going to get finished the second time out. Um, Petri Jan, there's things he showed as well that I didn't love. Um, I did not love his willingness to just shell up and take the back foot in the first round because eventually a dynamic striker is going to take advantage of that. Um, look at Alistair Overeem's resurgence. Yes, it is Alistair Overeem, and he's known for having chin problems. But when he was having his resurgence, fighting guys like Walt Harris, Jarzinho, even though he lost that fight, um, he would he would shell up. You know, he would shell up, take the damage, be willing to fight off the back foot, and then you know let you throw your shots. Maybe you could gas out a little bit, and then and then he tries to take advantage or counter. Um, you know that worked for Overeem until he got to Alexander Volkov a striker that is dynamic enough and accurate enough to start punching around the guard, make you drop your hands and then slip another punch here. Um, I think a fighter, a dynamic striker, even someone like Henry Cejudo, that's just fast and hits hard or TJ Dillashaw. If he, if Petrion is that willing to just shell up and take the back foot against somebody, someone that has such fast hands like Henry, look what he did to TJ. He hurt TJ had TJ on skates, and it was just like, pop, 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 and then the fight's over. If you have your guard up and you get hit with a head kick and you still get a little wobbled and you're just there shelled up willing to be on the back foot, someone's going to unleash a bad combo on you and, and, you know, 
maybe it's an early stoppage, maybe it's an early TKO or something. I just don't think it's a I don't think it's a great plan to have for Petra, especially with his skill set, him hitting so hard, being so tough, being such a great grappler, being such a good counter punter puncher. Um, I I just wish he would be not such a slow starter. There was no reason why he needed to take the back foot against Aljamain. He took Aljo's best shots, wasn't in trouble once. He he was a little bit hurt from that knee that Aljo hit, but Aljo was just was easily pressuring him and hitting him with tons and tons of volume. Um, he landed one clean shot on Aljo and dropped them. Like, you know, use your footwork and set up that counter when he's pressuring forward. It's there. Just get in the fucking pocket and get it done. Like, you're such a badass, dirty fighter. There's no dirty as, you know, not a cheater. Dirty as he, he gets down and dirty. Like, he's he has the ability to do so. I don't understand why he's waiting till the fourth round to get into a brawl with you. I understand he wants you to be as tired as possible, but I think he could be getting dudes out of there in the first or second. Um, bait you into a brawl and clip you. He's, he's good enough to do that. And that's what he does. And then when he gets you hurt, you're fucked. Um, as for Aljo, he really struggled big time. Couldn't get the takedowns. The pace got to him. He got hurt and then he got kneed in the head. Um, supposedly Jan's corner said, hit him, hit him. There could have been a language barrier thing going on. Regardless, you're the champion. And I get it between different states, different organizations, different athletic commissions, you know, need to a grounded opponent are legal in some organizations are not legal in the UFC. You know, is it two hands down, one knee down? You know, the, the rules are astray between athletic between athletic commissions in each state. Some people, some places have the new rule set. Some places, you know, honor the old. So I understand the confusion, but at the same time, you're the champ. You can't make those mistakes. Those are the mistakes that literally cost you pay-per-view points on your next fucking title fight because he's going to fight for the title again. There's no way he doesn't get that shot again. Um, when I watched it happen, I thought it was blatant. After multiple replays, I think he was just in the moment and he caught himself slipping. He should not have thrown that shot. Um, you need to have a very cerebral corner telling you don't knee him instead of punch him because something in the, in the heat of the moment can be taken differently. Um, so maybe his corner is potentially you know, at a little fault. I also think the rule set is terrible that the athletic commission in Nevada has to where the fighter gets to make the choice. Can you continue? That's when the ref needs to, to jump in and make that fucking choice. So you just got concussed and he was, you know, Aljo, I got dropped already. He was getting hit a lot. He was losing that round bad. Um, he was already hurt before he took that shot, you know, mix that with exhaustion. Like you guys saw what, how he acted, whether it was real or fake. Um, how could you trust somebody in that mindset to make a decision to fight on? So he fights on and he's compromised and then he gets fucking completely knocked out, you know, 30 seconds later, maybe he goes on to win the fight. But I think when stuff like that happens, they need to have some sort of contractual agreement to where the fight gets ran back. It's a no contest, no contest on their records and they, you know, hurt person gets their six month suspension. Maybe they're doing better and they can fight in three. Um, I don't think either of them should have the belt. Um, Aljamain dropped the belt and cried. And then I think it was Marab the Valishvili, one of his training partners is posting pictures of him, like holding a glass of champagne 
supposedly he's come out and said that his family members and his friends were there saying, take a picture with the belt, hold the champagne. Um, me personally, I know he was hit in the head. I know he was concussed. He dropped the belt. He cried. He did an interview with Joe, said this isn't how he wanted to win the belt. I wouldn't have let anybody take a picture of me with that belt on. It's just not worth it. Now he's fighting the media. Um, you know, every people are calling him liars. Guys like Big Don McCarthy are saying, you know, you faked it. Some guys are saying you're crazy if you think he faked it. Some people are saying you're crazy if you think he didn't fake it. Um, whether he did or not, it's not my position to say so. Um, because he, he took an illegal shot. It, the rules are there. So it just is what it is. You know, Petrion, you can't do that as a champ. You have to know better. Um, supposedly, Aljo, you know, if you didn't notice, Matt Serra is one of his head coaches from Serra Longo. Has, you know, been his head coach for like seven years. Didn't get, you know, invited to be his corner for whatever reason. Supposedly, Matt Serra came out and said that he left him on red that he texted him like three days before the show and he just never, the show, the fight um, never responded. So that's kind of weird. Like he's got this whole thing going on in the media and then his head coach is coming out and saying, I didn't talk to him three days before the fight. It's just the loss is getting, I mean, I'm calling it a loss because I can't call it a win, but this situation is just getting worse and worse for Aljamain. Um, a lot of the fan base he has is fighting him. He's fighting with the media. Daniel Cormier is like, hey, dude, you need to just stop. Just go away now. It's better for you to just stop while you're ahead. You know, don't get into it with these guys. It's just crazy. Um, you know, I hope the best for them. It's The situation sucks. I hope Petrion learned something. Um, and I hope Aljo did too. We'll see what happens in the rematch. I don't think Aljo wins, but it kind of is what it is. While we're on Bantamweights, we might as well just talk about Dominic Cruz, um, his fight with Casey Kenny. Good fight. Um, Casey Kenny's a good guy. He's a good fighter. I'm not going to call him a good guy. The shit he said about Megan Anderson saying, you know, whatever he said, which I don't think is even truthful, by the way, about what he said about her. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, pretty good fighter, you know. Previous LFA double champ. He's, he's a good fighter. Um, Dominic Cruz came and, um, you know, won a split decision once one judge gave it 29-28 to Casey Kenny. I scored it for Cruz. I think Cruz did look more touched up at the end of the fight, but, you know, he was in there with his herky-jerky style, throwing his big looping shots. I think he's lost step only because of his age. Don't think he's as good as he used to. I also think the game catches up to you eventually. But good wood for Cruz. Good for him, you know. He called out Hans Molenkamp after the fight, which is fucking weird. The monster rep. And then now a lot of dudes are saying, you know, they've had run-ins with him. Bisbing on Bisbing show said he's had an altercation with Hans that he didn't love. Um, so, you know, weird. But you kind of wasted your time on the mic, in my opinion. But then again, he's on the, the commentating booth, and he's an active fighter on the roster. So he's got his opportunity to say whatever the fuck he wants whenever he wants. Within their contractual agreement, um, it's 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 crazy how good bantamweight is. I think it's the best division in the UFC now. There's guys like Kyler Phillips that just fought Song Yudong as well, that was unranked. Um, 
I picked Kyla Phillips to win that fight. I thought his striking was going to be dynamic enough. His, his wrestling was going to be there. He hits hard. He's a good range striker. He's good in the pocket. Um, Song Yudong is a dangerous fucking dude. He cracks. He hits really hard. Um, you know, one of your eye favors guys out of Team Alpha Male. He's super athletic, super sharp. I think, you know, he, he was the favorite going into that fight. And I think if they fought 10 times, Song might win four. Um, I have a lot of respect for Song Yudong. I just think Kyler Phillips is that good. There's tons of dudes like him. I mean, Sean O'Malley, hit him or love him. He's, you know, outside of that, you know, realm. There's guys like Jonathan Martinez that jump around that fight at 45 or 35. There's tons of good fucking guys at 35. 135 is just a stacked division. It's it's so fucking good. It's it's crazy good. Um, we, we might as well talk about Amanda Nunes and, and Megan Anderson. Um, we'll make it quick because there's not a lot to talk about. I don't. I, I mean, it was, it was like just a, wasn't a fight. It was a one-handed ass whooping. That's kind of what you expect now with a division that's non-existent and a good fucking fighter in Amanda Nunes. There's, you know, there's no one there for her. It just, uh, even at women's 135, like GDR, they've already fought Holly Holm and they're all old. They're not going to be here in three years. Like what? What is the future of these women's divisions? That I mean, featherweight has no future. I don't even know if the UFC re-signed Megan Anderson. That was the last fight of her contract. I think that was strategic for the UFC to say, "Yeah, we'll give you a title fight for your last fight of your contract," but at the same time, we'll make it against the best woman fighter to ever exist, arguably. We're gonna get you a one-sided beating, and you will have no. You can't make any arguments to say. You'll have no arguments. You did nothing against Amanda Nunes. She's the women's 145-pound champion. You don't deserve a rematch. Why do we want to re-sign you? They signed Danielle Wolf off the Contender Series. She debuted. She debuted, and she is 1-0. And I think she lost that fight, and she fought a nobody. She's fighting Felicia Spencer. Why is that happening? Um, the UFC wants it's the number one organization in MMA in the world in the UFC we want to watch the highest skill set of fighters that exist why the fuck is women's 145 here still it is not high level MMA outside of Amanda Nunes Felicia Spencer Megan Anderson you know Lord DeMont those aren't those are not high-level MMA fighters. You are not getting the cream of the crop. You are watching a de- – it's a, it's degraded MMA. It's not as good. It's regional It's regional-level MMA outside of Manu Nunes. They're, they're not highly skilled fighters. Um, it's just the weight class. There's not a lot of 145-pound women fighters. And, I mean, the same could be said with women's 135. Like, who's there? Juliana Pena has been chirping for a fight with Amanda – She's going to lose that fight. She's going to get knocked out. Then what? She's going to fight Aspen Ladd? Sarah McMahon's like 40. She's gone. That's who that's who that's who Juliana Pena just beat. Like and you get a title shot off that. Irene Aldana got beat by Holly Holm. Caitlin Vieira got was she was maybe something. She got knocked out. She got knocked out by Irene Aldana. Came back beat Sarge. And then got dom. I mean, 
I want to say dominated by Anna Kunitskaya, but you know, touched up bad in a, in a lot of moments where she had too much success to lose that fight. So who's there? I, I think that you could get you could dissolve women's 135 as well. Send women's 135, 145 to Invicta. That's you know that's where I think they belong. I think we should you know get rid of them and start a women's atom weight division. And let's get women with a higher skill set so we can watch you know better MMA. And then with the rest of the money, we can just use it to fund all the other divisions. Put it into women's one, 125. Women's 115 is one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. You got girls like Lemos that are coming off a crazy win against Souza, walked her down, knocked her out, made her, you know, just made it look like child's play. Women like that are not popping up at 135, and especially not at 145. Um, so I think that I think that should just go. There's no reason for it. We might as well talk about um, Thiago Santos and Rakic too, a, a number one contender-ish fight. Um, I don't know what to say about Thiago Santos anymore. I really like the guy, but I think the highlight of his career was that John Jones fight. I think he is, he's probably has a potential to be explosive, but I think he's too scared to hurt his knees and blow his knees out again. The guy had to learn to walk. I don't know if you guys ever saw the pictures. If you didn't, you should Google them. He 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 tore his MCL, PCL, ACL, blew up blew up both knees essentially, and he had to learn. He literally had to learn how to walk again. He's not throwing the, the explosive spinning heel kicks anymore. You know, he's not throwing the, the high power kicks. Even his he looks foot slow, like he doesn't have the same foot speed. Um, he still has a big power. Obviously, he cracked Glover, but I just don't think he's that same guy anymore. Um, and Rakic, I'm just not impressed by the guy. His highlight win is Jimmy Manoa. It was a great win. He 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 hit a head kick behind a I think it was his left hand. He hit the head kick right behind it. It was a beautiful win. But his Anthony Smith fight, that was a snoozer. He should have put him out. And then this fight with Thiago Santos was even more safe. And um, it's very casual of me to say this, but it was, it was a boring fight. For you to go in the press conference and say, I'm the number one contender, I want to fight for the title, he should have been beating himself up about that performance. Both of them should be ashamed of themselves, but especially, you know, Tiago Santos probably feels like shit about it. He doesn't feel like he he should be, you know, fighting for a title after that. Brakic thinks he deserves a title shot after that. I don't know. We got Yuri Pahashka and Dominic Reyes fighting. If Yuri wins and knocks him out, maybe he fights for the title after, you know, Jan and Glover duke it out. It's a strange place to be. 205 is just, it's it's strange. It's It was stacked. It's no longer in the heyday. John Jones is probably fighting at heavyweight, but he vacated the belt. It's a weird, it's a weird place to be. Um, I'm here for it though. I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see dudes like Glover and Jan Blovich get that opportunity because of John Jones around, you know, Maybe they never did. So looking forward, um, we got coming up Saturday night, we got Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards. Kind of a put-together last-minute deal. It was supposed to be Hamzat Shmaev. Um, as you guys probably know, Hamzat Shmaev it has a really bad case of COVID-19. He was over in Chechnya. They've Sorry, in Sweden. He's from Chechnya. He was over in Sweden trying to train. 
and uh, he wasn't doing good. He, you know, his manager said he almost died. And then Dana White was like, let's fly him out to Vegas. We'll get him American health care. We'll see. We'll get this guy back in the octagon. So they had, they had him on a bunch of antibiotics, prednisone, and then he went and tried to train, and he spit up a bunch of blood. He was coughing up blood, shit like that. And he made this long post and said, I quit MMA. I'm not going to fight anymore. Essentially, I can't get healthy. Was he in his emotions? Maybe. Um, but, you know, poor guy. And that's what led us here to Bilal Muhammad. Um, Bilal Muhammad had a pretty good win against Diego Lima. Um, Bilal Muhammad's a tough dude. He will walk you down and put pressure on you and eat your best shots to land his and apply the pressure. Um, he ate a lot of leg kicks from Lima. He should either, I don't, he didn't check a single one of them. I'm sure he expected it. He said it in the post-fight interview that he was fighting Doug Lima's brother. So that's something that he should have definitely been prepared for. Um, I think he had the ability to check a leg kick. Um, I know calf kicks are hard to check, but you know they're still you know you can still check them. Look at the Jan and Izzy fight. Jan Blowich checked tons of Israel's kicks, and he did it successfully. He got a little damage from it, yes, but not as bad. Um, I don't think Diego Lima is half the fighter of Leon Edwards. I think Leon Edwards is very technical. Um, he's lacking the big power. He might be too willing to get pressured. We'll have to see how it goes. Um, I, I'll give it to you now. I think Leon Edwards is going to outwork him. I think he's going to use his footwork, and he's not going to allow Bilal Muhammad to pressure forward. I think Bilal's going to have some success, but I think Leon Edwards is just going to eventually chew him up on the feet. Um, probably be a war of attrition with Bilal Muhammad taking a lot more shots um, I think Leon Edwards is just a clean, crispy striker. He's very technical. He's got good footwork. He can cut angles and, you know, deliver straight shots down the pipe after cutting those angles. Um, I just don't think Bilal Muhammad is a top five fighter, but we'll find out and prove me wrong. You know, I'll be happy to see it. If he wins his fight and, you know, he puts the pace on Leon Edwards, maybe gets some takedowns, gets in his face, makes it fucking nasty. You know, I'll be impressed. Good for him. I hope he, I hope, you know, may the best man win. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing Blah Muhammad perform and prove the naysayers wrong. It'd be great. Um, another really good fight on that card as well is Dan Ige versus Gavin Tucker. I really like Gavin Tucker. I think he's got a really great skill set. He had a bad loss in the beginning of his career, um, but he's improved a lot. He's got great grappling. Good. Good, good stand-up. Um, not the best stand-up, but it's technical. It's good. Probably the best dude out of Canada right now. Um, Dan Ige, the American Hawaiian guy. Um, he had that he had a war with Edson Barboza. I think I think he won, but I think Edson won that fight. But he still showed he's gritty enough to stand there and bang with Edson Barboza. Um, I believe Ige is the favorite. Let's find out real quick. Not as big of a favorite as I thought. He's a minus 154 with Gavin Tucker coming in at plus 128. Um, I like the line for either guy. I really do. I think that's a solid line. Um, I definitely see, 
you know, ways Gavin Tucker can win. I think Gavin Tucker's going to be the bigger guy. I think Gavin Tucker has a better grappling game and the better top pressure. Danige is a great scrambler. Um, it's going to be a war. I think that's fight at night on that card. Um, odds for Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards is almost a three to one favorite. I'm looking at him at minus 278 with Bilal coming back up plus 225. Um, so they're where they should be for that one, though. I do believe that firmly. Let's see. Is there anything else on this card that is really, really worth talking about? I'm not going to give you guys a breakdown. It's Thursday night. I'm giving you guys something to listen to. It's my first show. I will go in depth like I have before. Like if you've heard before, I will go in depth. I can, you know, I can go real in depth if you guys need me to, but this isn't the show for that. Charles Jordan is on this card as well. Another Canadian dude. Um, I don't, he had a really high ceiling, and then he had some losses. I don't think he looked great in his last fight, um, but he's on the card, you know. He's fighting Marcelo Rojo, kind of an unknown dude. Um, Hani Ayo's coming back. He's fighting. Uh, Nasrat Hopcross is, is is coming back. He was taken off the Fight Island card. He is Ahmed Azaitar's training partner. The whole fiasco went down with the guy sneaking in, dropping a bag off, whatever. Um, we'll talk about that real quick. What's in the bag, dude? Is it an IV? Is it drugs? Um, his brother Abu Azaitar is tied into some crazy shit. Um, he got cut from the UFC and then the UFC brought him back. So those guys got pull over there, man. I don't know what they got going on, but they got pull. Um, Nasrat is fighting uh, Hafa Garcia. He's 12-0, undefeated. Um, don't know too much about him, if you, if you may be honest. I haven't dove in and done tape study on him, um, but that should be a good fight. Misha Serkinov and Ryan Spann is a co-main event. Eh, cool. I think Misha Serkinov takes that as long as he doesn't get his chin checked. I think that's a good fight. We got Manel Kate coming back. Um, Manel's good. He's a great fighter. I think he could have won the Pantoja fight. I think if he would have just trusted striking a little bit more and let his hands go, he had opportunities to win that fight. I think Manel Cape is a problem at 125. He's, he's fucking good. Um, he's fighting Mathilis Nicolau. Um, pretty good fighter as well. He lost against Dustin Ortiz by KO in the first round. Um, that was back in 2018. So it's been a while. Um, I think it's kind of a setup fight for Manel Cape. I think they need Manel Cape to get a win so we can get the fans behind him um, because he is a highly touted prospect. Manel Cape is a good fighter um, coming from Japan. Jonathan Martinez. He's here. I was talking about him earlier. They're doing this at Bantamweight. He's fighting Davy Grant. Jonathan Martinez is fucking good, too. He's technical. I like him a lot. Eric Anders is fighting Darren Stewart. I think that's a good fight. Um, this this card's not too bad. Um, looking through it, there's some fights on there that nobody's going to care about. Courtney Casey versus J.J. Aldridge. Courtney Casey's a 500 fighter. She's 9-8 and eight in the UFC. Big deal. Jason Witt's coming back. He's one and one in the UFC, fighting Matthew Sumselberger. Um, cool. The headliner of the preliminary card is Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. Um, cool people like Angela Hill. Um, I'm on the fence with her. Sometimes she shows out and looks like she looks against Claudia Gadelia, and the other times. She gets stuck in grappling and then just gets out grappled. 
and looks out of sorts there. So, you know, who who knows what, what kind of Angela Hill is going to show up. Um, Ashley Oder is not good. She likes to grapple. That's her thing. She's not a good striker. Um, she's just not very good. Um, I guess we could do – we spend 30 seconds talking about uh, Dana White's trip to Texas. He's been talking with the governor there. He wants to do a full-capacity show there. I assume that'd be Conor McGregor's return. Um, cool. I won't be there. I don't want COVID. I'm not scared of COVID, but I don't want it either. I don't have a vaccine. I don't live in Texas either. If you want to go there and support the UFC, cool. If you want to stay at home and be safe, it's cool too. Um, if they can make it happen and it generates money for the sport and fighters can get paid more money, I'm okay with fighters getting paid more money. Um, the more money the fighters make, you know, the better it is for everybody. The higher of level fighter we get to see. So it's cool. He's also got a million dollar bet. Dana White was on Hotbox and on Mike Tyson's podcast saying he bets $1 million that Ben Askren beats Jake Paul in the boxing match. Jake Paul saw the video. He said, you know what? I'll up your $1 million. Let's do two. Um, don't even know why the fuck I'm talking about this. It's there. It's part of the MMA slash combat sports slash. I don't even want to say he's a celebrity boxing, but it's going to get viewers. So we might as well talk about it. Um, sticking to boxing. Um, Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz is in the talks of being possibly made. That's a great heavyweight boxing match. Um, I love heavyweight boxing. I think Deontay Wilder needs a fight. He needs to come back after he got embarrassed by Tyson Fury, and then he embarrassed himself even worse with his post-fight antics. Um, that was terrible. Him complaining about his trip. You know, he cut the coach that threw in the, that threw in the towel. He said his suit was too heavy. He said Tyson Fury had concrete in his gloves or plaster, whatever. It was just one excuse after the other. Um, Andy Ruiz, he came out and shocked the world, you know, won the title against Anthony Joshua, knocked him out. Um, and then he came back and gained a lot of weight and let the championship get to him, bought a bunch of cars, bought a new house, became a millionaire overnight. You know, he was a short, he was a short notice fighter on that. And, you know, now he needs to come back too. I see him on Instagram. He looks like he's in fucking shape. He looks like he's taking it seriously again. Doesn't want to lose another fight. You know, he had the taste of victory. He had the gold. Um, I think it's a, don't want to say loser gets out of town fight, but loser, you know, doesn't get talked about anymore as much. Um, if Deontay Wilder loses to a short, chubby heavyweight, he's going to have excuses and they're going to be worse than the Tyson Fury fight. Um, and I'm really pulling for Andy Ruiz. I think Andy Ruiz can get it done. I think Tyson Fury you know, laid it out there. He showed, he showed Don, Deontay Walter can be beat two different ways. You can out technical him and you can just get in his face and make it fucking nasty. And he doesn't like to get hit. Um, so that's, that's something cool to talk about. Um, I, I do want to loop back to Blah Muhammad and um, Dylan Edwards. Dana White did come out and say that he would give Leon the title shot against Usman if he beats Bilal Muhammad. 
I don't know if I believe that fully because um, Dana White says tons of shit that doesn't happen. But he deserves it. Does it make money? No. Um, does it keep the division moving? Yes. Would I prefer to see a Colby Covington rematch? Yes. I think technically all of those guys deserve a rematch because why not? They were good fights. Besides Jorge. I love Jorge Masvidal. I don't think it was a good fight. I don't think Usman will be willing to make it an entertaining fight with someone like Jorge. I think Jorge is just a little too dangerous in the striking. Um, so I don't think he would be willing to take that risk. The Gilbert Burns fight, he took some risk and got hurt, almost got finished in the first round, came back and finished Gilbert. Um, I don't know if he can have that fight with Jorge. So he's going to do his typical, you know, grind you on the cage, stomp your feet, you know, try to hit you in the clinch, try to hurt you on the brakes, try to wrestle you. Um, I don't know if that plays into Leon Edwards' style either. They already fought once. Leon won the first round. Kamara Usman won the second two. One unanimous decision. Um, I think Leon, Leon Edwards has good takedown defense. He looks like he's in fucking shape. For a dude that had COVID and said he lost a bunch of weight and all that shit and that hasn't fought in almost two years, Leon Edwards looks like he's in good fucking shape. There's pictures coming out. He looks ripped up. He looks cut up. He looks good. Um, I'm worried about Bilal. Those leg kicks, he's coming off a fight. It wasn't a clean knockout win. You know, it was a grueling fight. I don't know, you know, if he's damaged. I don't know where he's at. Um, but we'll see. I'm excited for it. it. It should be good. We got Stipe and Francis coming up. I'll be out of town for that. Um, but he better fucking believe I'm going to watch it. I think I'll be like in near Yellowstone National Park when that goes on or something like that. I'll be somewhere in southern Idaho or Utah or Arizona. I'm going on a big road trip. Um, so I'll be in one of those remote, crazy places, but I'll figure out a fucking way. If I have to, to, to drive to the top of a fucking mountain to get cell phone service to watch that fight, I will. I'll climb the tree if I have to. Um, I'll be there for that shit. And I, I, you know, I don't really have too much more to talk about. I really just wanted to get on here and get my feet wet, give you guys a little something to listen to. Um, I am on Instagram. My Instagram is devgoesfishing, D-E-V-G-O-E-S, and then the word fishing all together. Um, I'm a fisherman as well. I'm an MMA fanatic, and I'm a fishing fanatic. Um, notice there's been no fishing talk here, so it's maybe more MMA than fishing. Um, if you ever have anything to say to me about MMA, you want to talk, you want to say what's up, you can follow me. You can send me a direct message. You can tell me the show sucked. You can tell me it was good. You can give me some pointers. You can tell me what you think. If you want to ask me about a fight or you want to tell me about a fighter, you know, feel free to reach out to me. It's what I'm here for. I'd like to talk to you guys. Um, so definitely feel free to hit me up at any time. I'm cool with that. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll have, I have, I'll have Tim, if you guys listen to the previous podcast network I was on, um, I did a lot of the breakdown shows, all the, all the pay-per-view events where I broke down all the cards. Um, I'll do that. That will definitely be coming. Um, I'm going to do some recap shows. I'll have Tim on for the recaps. Him and I have wanted to do a recap show forever, so we're going to be doing recap shows after the cards. Um, and then I'll do shows like this um, where I'll talk about you know pop culture and MMA, stuff in the media, stuff on social media, things like that. Um, just give you guys some content. So I hope you enjoyed it. I, I really do. Um, this is Check the Kick Podcast. I'm Devin, and I'm out of here. Thanks, guys.